Welcome to Public Domain Video Theater presented by the great detectives of old time radio. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham. Today we're going to bring you a movie, The Fat Man. It was originally released in theaters on May the 19th, 1951, and based on the radio detective series of the same name.
Dr. Bromley, in California. Been his nurse for years. Anything the matter with it? Well, he was just nervous about a speech he was going to make before the convention tonight. Is it? Yes. It was a new system for dental bridge work he was trying. I was going to help him with the x-ray demonstration. Too bad. How's it stack up for you, Frank? Doesn't do to accidental causes. Well, that about washes it up for my department. But it doesn't make sense. Nah, sure it does. The doc can't sleep. So he takes something to help him. Stuff makes him dizzy. So he tries to open a window to get some air. Loses his balance, makes a grab at the curtains, falls out the window. Accidents happen 380 times a day in a city like this. Trucks, windows, guns. Will you take care of the doctor's things? Of course. Thanks. If we want you, we'll contact you. Come on, Frank. Mr. Runyon, 
The name Dr. Bromley. Does it mean anything to you? Bromley? Louis, splendid. Give my compliments to the chef. Thank you, sir. As I was saying, Mr. Uh, will you join me, Miss Adams? Well, I begin to see why they call you the fat man. <laughs> That's the title I intend to live up to, sweetheart. Dr. Bromley is dead. What's that got to do with me? He had an appointment to see you tonight. I found the memo in his appointment book when I was getting his things together. That was before he fell to his death. Then you know about it? I read the papers, sweetheart. And you don't think there was anything wrong about the accident? Should I? No. But what I mean is, why should he want to see a detective? I don't know. He didn't tell me over the phone. He just asked for an appointment. You work pretty closely with the doc. Any worries? Anybody annoy him? Well, he never told me. Well, it doesn't help me very much, does it, sweetheart? I'm frightened, Mr. Runyon. I have a feeling I'm being watched. Followed. Now, relax. You're just on the edge. I'm taking the 3 o'clock plane back to California today. I want to make sure I get on that plane. Very simple. All you have to do is hail a cab, and you get there. I'd feel much safer if you saw me on it. Okay, sweetheart. If it'll make you feel any better. Uh, Bill. It's well oiled now, boss. Bill, you're taking Miss Adams to the airport. Well, I haven't had my oatmeal yet. Have it later and see that she gets on the plane safely. Well, I'd like to see anyone stop us. Goodbye, Mr. Runyon, and thank you. No, not at all. job you gave me. What happened? What happened, he asked. The last thing I remember was taking Miss Adams back to her hotel to send a telegram. So I haven't had my oatmeal yet. Never mind your oatmeal. What happened? I was sapped, that's what. He asked me that, Dame Screwy. Where did you leave her? Where did I leave her? Look, when I came to, I, I was propped up in a linen closet. Come on. But I haven't had anything to eat yet, boss. Later. You know, I ought to have a little milk or something to go on, you know. Hey, taxi. Guardi Airport, step on it. There she is, boss. You go on out and get your oatmeal. Attention, oh, please. Sure, you should do. Announcing departure of the Eastern Flight Number 76. Now loading at gate 24. Mind if I sit down? All aboard. I see you made it all right. I thought I. You thought what, Miss Adams? That man who had been following me. The one who sapped Bill? He's all right, isn't he? It's too bad you didn't wait around to find out. I was scared. 
I got panicky and ran. Same thing as the lady, huh? Now, suppose you give it to me straight, sweetheart. I am giving it to you straight. If it sounds crazy, I can't help it. This whole trip's been a nightmare. First the doctor. Now me. I'm beginning to think maybe your hunch was right. Maybe the same little fellow with a happy blackjack was the one the doc wanted to talk to me about. I'm going to stick on this case. But I haven't any money, Mr. Runyon. I couldn't pay you anything. Forget it, sweetheart. This one's on the house. All you have to do is answer questions. Now, what did the doc mean to you? He was good to me. He helped me over a lot of rough spots. He was good to everybody. Why would anyone want to kill a nice person like the doctor? We don't know that anyone did. What about the doc? Did he have anything worth stealing? No. He never wore any jewelry and his money hadn't been touched. Well, that eliminates robbery as a motive. Now that you mention robbery, there was something missing. Oh? An x-ray plate. It was one of six that he brought along as an exhibit to prove a new theory on dental bridge work. Who was the patient? A man named Roy Clark. Was there anything special about Roy? He was a new patient. Wait a minute. I guess maybe there was something special about him. We first saw him one night about a month ago. We had just closed the office when I heard the bell ring. Is the doctor on? Oh, it's two things killing me. Oh, come in. You've let this condition go far too long. I'll have to extract several teeth. Anything you say, Doc. Uh, come back in a week. We'll make an impression for the bridge. Thanks, Doc. It was driving me bats. But will it be all right if I only give you ten bucks now? I'm kind of short. Well, certainly. Jane, uh, get this gentleman's name and address. Roy Clark. 4228 West Olympic Boulevard. That's Wilson's Motel. Thanks again, Doc. Expect you a week from today. About four o'clock? Good enough. The next time we saw Roy Clark was over a week later. Only you wouldn't know it was the same man. Hello. Why, Mr. Clark. The doctor's free. He can see you right away. Thank you. I'll call you in about ten days, Mr. Clark. We'll have the bridge all ready for you. Swell. You're still at Wilson's Motel? Oh, no. I've moved. You can get me at Sunset 3, 3298. Oh, and die. Here's something a little extra for carrying me when you didn't know if you'd collect. That was necessary. I was my pleasure, Doc. Three three two nine eight. Mr. Roy Clark, please. Well, he was supposed to come in to have a fitting on his bridge. I see. When you get in touch with him, have him call me. Dr. Henry Bromley. The number's in the book. And that was the day before he left for New York. And you've never heard from Roy Clark since? No, never, Mr. Runyon. The last time I saw him was the day he came over with a chauffeur. Mm -hmm. I'd like to know what was on that x-ray. You got any duplicates of it? Just one. 
Rouge, but it's in California, back in the office. Okay, we're going to have a look at that X-ray. Bill, get us a couple of tickets. Hey, we'll be able to get us some of that apple strudel in Beverly Hills. Never mind the strudel. And after you get the tickets, call Nat and have him send our stuff out. Right, boss. sure you had a duplicate? Positive. I filed it away myself. Are there any other records on the right clock in the office? Just a card with the patient's name and address on it. We'll check that. That's gone, too. What about the phone number clock left? I put it in my appointment book. Yes, here it is. Sunset 33298. Looks like Roy Clark figures after all. I can't tell you too much about Roy. Hadn't seen him for years. Evidently, he'd had a pretty tough time. But, well, naturally, when it came to me, I was glad to help out a friend and stick it to a bank. Hello there. Represent my wife is Mr. Runyon. How do you do, Mrs. Gordon? How do you do? Uh, Tony, will you have the car ready in half an hour, please? Yes, sir. Mr. Runyon's trying to find out what happened to Roy. How long was it he stayed with us, dear? Oh, about three weeks. He left rather suddenly, I gather. Oh, very. He had an offer of a job somewhere in Kansas. Doing what? Selling. Did he leave any address? No. Roy's always been like that. Just leaves without warning. Yes, but he'll be around when you least expect him. Well, thanks very much. Uh, where are you stopping in case I should hear from Roy? The Beverly Wiltshire Hotel. Right. So long. Bye. So then the manager said to me, why should Mr. Rudyon require a kitchenette, my good man? We are proud of having the finest cuisine west of Chicago. West of Chicago. Well, that's when I pulverized him. I said, now let me give you a piece of advice, Bob. Once you're west of the Hudson River, they know from nothing except taking with a frying pan. <laughs> How to make friends. That might be her now. Well, what kept you? Sorry, I couldn't make it for lunch, but I got tied up. Hello, Mr. Runyon. Hello. Uh, sit down. Thank you. You still want to help? Of course I do. Good. Uh, Bill, pour Miss Adams some coffee, hmm? Thanks. That chauffeur you were talking about, the one who drove Roy Clark over to the doc's office? Want to try cotton cake? No, thanks. I think I found him. He works for a fellow named Gordon. Does the name mean anything to you? No. Well, I want to make sure he was the one who drove Roy that day. So if you'll go over to Gordon Place and can identify him, I've got an idea for my next move. All right. How's that for flavor? Wonderful. Bill. Yes, boy? You're taking Miss Adams over to Gordon Place. Oh, not me, boss. The last time I took her anywhere, I wound up in the linen closet. <laughs> I got a date with a cop. Oh, uh, here we go again. Oh, uh, did you get me a car? Honey, boss. 
happened till 1940, Gene Gordon and his partner, Happy Stevens, were mixed up in everything from slot machine rackets to bookmaking. His wife doesn't seem to fit into that picture. Oh, she's ready to shut her eyes to his background as long as he keeps her in horses. <laughs> Nothing on him at all, huh? Oh, we've pulled Gordon in a dozen times and never been able to get a charge that would stick. Even the Fed double-checked his income tax returns. He's too smart. What about Stevens? Is he legit, too? Sort of. Mr. Happy Stevens brought into a hotel and gambling casino in Las Vegas. Oh. But nothing on Roy Clark? No, not in our files. It's a phony name, maybe. He only had a little more to go on. Well, I'm following a thin thread. If it doesn't break in my hand, it may lead to something. And I don't think you've got a chance. But you'll back me up if I need help. Back you up? Oh, brother, I'll give you my right arm if you can hang something on those guys and make it stick. <laughs> well, what'd you find out, Jane? He's the chauffeur, all right. Good girl. I'll take it from here. Yeah, okay, goodbye. See, Reginald, stop yourself. You'll look like that. <laughs> the trick boss isn't just dumping the things into the shaker It's the order you use And brown sugar Well, I said, ain't the fat man I have been <laughs> Swell, swell, Shifty. And you? Can't complain. What's the idea of using a pass key? Uh, we got a bell out there. So what? I forgot. Yeah, well, see that you remember. This is no heist. What's the matter with them? Ulcers? <laughs> Very funny. <laughs> Some of the boys have been asking about you, Shifty. Did I say? You haven't seen Muffy the Needle? <laughs> oh, not lately. I haven't been around the Bowery. I beg your pardon. Here, Buster. <laughs> oh, well, thank you. What's up, Bradford? I'm looking for some advice. Like what? Like where I can find a character named Clark. Roy Clark. Roy Clark? I never heard of him. What about Gordon? <laughs> nice coat. <laughs> oh, give me some glasses. You wouldn't be mean and Jean, Gordon. That's my boy. Forget him. I can't. Did I ever steal your long breakfast? No, you haven't. And I'm depending on you to help me out this time, too. All right, I'm helping you. Take my tip. Forget him. What about that chauffeur that works for him? Anthony? Yeah, that's the one. He's a two-bit phony. I gotta get something on him. Something I can hold over him and make him talk. You're getting it up to your neck. Well, it's my neck. Come on, spill it. Okay. Tony and Gordon's wife have been two-timing him. I figured as much. You wind up with a shiv in the throat if Gordon finds out about it. You're a good boy, Shifty. Thanks. Yeah. No, Bradford, no, no. It's a pleasure. And give my best to the boy. I'll do that. Hey, Buster. Yeah? You forgot this one.
What are you doing here? Just resting. How's it going, Tony? No complaints. You're lucky. I got lots of complaints. You're not so lucky, huh? Got an errand to do for Mrs. Gordon. Very attractive woman, Mrs. Gordon. What's the pitch, mister? I want to know where Roy Clark is. You talk, and I keep my mouth shut about you and Gordon's wife. You don't. I talk. Why, you're crazy. How would I know where he is? You chauffeured him around plenty in this fancy car, didn't you? So what? I take lots of people around. Okay, Tony. You better start running, because Gordon's going to get a phone call. Open the door. No, wait a minute. Look, I'm giving it to you straight. I don't know where he is. They tell me Gordon's a real tough boy. Maybe Pat knows. Who's Pat? They meet with Sweet at the Anchor Club in Hollywood. I dropped him off every night almost. What does she look like, this Pat? Blonde. Where's the charm bracelet Troy got her? You know, the kind with the animals and coins and things hanging off of it. Would you join me for a drink? Why not? I'm Brad Runyon. I'm Pat Boyd. What would you like? The usual. You're the first thing I've seen in California that lives up to the advertising. Waiter. Yes, sir. Uh, same thing again. You get used to working in a place like this, Brad. After a while, you feel at home. <laughs> Well, I guess so. You're just as anxious to find him as I am. What makes you think so? There are lots of fish in the sea. Maybe he doesn't want to be found. I think you got it all wrong, sweetheart. And I also think you got it bad. You ever think he might be in trouble and need help? Well? Why don't we help him, Pat? All right. What do you want to know? Everything. Right from the beginning. You couldn't really call it a beginning. The first time I met Roy, it was more like a finish for me. I was pretty much convinced everybody had an angle. I didn't know who to trust. How about it, baby? Beat it, Chisler. You didn't always talk this rough. Let go. Let me go. The lady says goodbye. What's it to you? Beat it. 
All right, all right. Knight in armor. Sure, help yourself. What's your angle? You owe me nothing. Not even thanks. I'm sorry. Buy me a drink? No. Mind if I bring mine over here? It's a big bar. short time, but it was a lifetime for me. Got so I took him for granted. I guess maybe it's because we were both lonely. Needed someone to trust. Go on home, Pat. I'm waiting for Roy. Look, if he was coming, he'd be here by now. I'll lock up. Suit yourself. Good night. Good night, Roy. See you, Phil. You're late. I got tied up. Until three o'clock, you could have called. Maybe I could have, but I didn't. Look, baby, there's no strings on me. I do what I like, and the same thing goes for you. I didn't mean it that way, Roy. I thought maybe you were hurt or something. I can take care of myself, Pat. Well, I wouldn't even know where to call you. You can always call this number. A message will get to me. Okay. Okay. Now let's get out of here. I thought we had a date. That was last night. Well, it's time anyway. You're here. So we got music. every day after that, but he never talked about himself until that Sunday we went to the zoo. Back east when I was a kid, some fellows I knew raised pigeons up on a rooftop. I used to wonder about those birds. What, Roy? What did you wonder? What it's like to have wings. Did you ever find out? No. I can tell you, Roy. Anybody can get off the dirty streets if they want to. You got every reason. Roy. You up there with those birds. 
was just thinking they're all dressed up. Can't go anywhere. Where would they go, Roy? Their home's here. I knew a pigeon once. He used to beg crumbs in the park. But he wouldn't swap places with these fellas. He didn't like being caged up. Come on, let's get out of here. You're a funny one. You have more moves than anyone I ever knew. I talk too much. And I still don't know anything about you. How about a picture? Oh, I never look right in those things. You'll do. How's about a great big smile? Come on, you can do better than that. That's it. Turned out that little tin type we took at the zoo was our wedding picture. Because Roy asked me to marry him. Trade? You? No. What are we waiting for? Pat, there's something I gotta tell you. You don't have to. Everything begins now, right now. I did time in state prison for six years. I've only been out a short time. I love you, Roy. Well, you gonna do it or not? That was on Sunday. The following Thursday, he was gone. I found that number he'd given me. Sunset 3, 3298? Yes. He said he'd gone out of town suddenly. You never got a message, a letter, or anything? No. I guess that was just his way of calling it quits. Ten times I got ready to leave, get out of here, go home to Kansas, anything. Then I got to thinking. Suppose he'd come back. Wouldn't find me. So, I just sit here, waiting. That uh, picture you had taken at the zoo, have you got it? It's all I have left, Brad. I'll see you get it back. It might just give me a lead. There you are. Uh, that's your friend Roy Clark, all right. Only we knew him as Ray Shevlin. You got his record? Thanks, Bob. Ray Shevlin, alias Roger Considine, six months reformatory, 1935, a disturbing peace. Stolen car, 1938, suspended sentence. Brookfield racetrack robbery, 1944, five to ten in state's prison. Oh, that Brookfield job was quite a thing. Do you remember that? Yeah, vaguely. We were never sure how many were in the caper, but part of the mob made a nice clean getaway with more than half a million in untraceable bills. Half a million? One of them was killed. I forget his name. He was the inside man. And Roy Clark was wounded and caught. When did he get out? Uh, April 3. And four days later, he shows up in Beverly Hills with a toothache and broke. Doesn't add up, does it? What do you suppose happened to his share of the half a million they got away with? We find him, we'll ask him. I can almost give you the answer right now. Gordon. That's why Clark beat it to him first thing. That's why Gordon gave him a car and a stake. You think Gordon was part of the caper? It's up to Except why some innocent little doctor was tossed out of an 18-story window. Yeah. That's where the arithmetic doesn't total up. 
I only knew a little more about Clark, his habits, and his friends. We might get a pattern to follow. Well, under behavior, it says here he cooperated. He got along well with his cellmate. His cellmate? Uh, what was his name? Dietz. Ed Dietz. Actor of some kind. Maybe the probation officer can tell you where he is. Well, if he can't, the Actors Guild can. <laughs> six years. Hadn't it been for me telling him jokes, going through my routines, he'd have never made it. The first time he opened up was the night we were giving a show for the boys. Ray was in the wings, helping out with the lights.
me on the circus. I will someday. When you do, be smart. Stick to the straight and narrow. I won't have to take chances anymore. I'll be eating off the fat of the land. My pals will see to that. Pals? They're no pals of yours. It's coming to me. They'll have my cut waiting when I get out. Maybe even more. They're smart operators. Yeah, smart enough to let you take the rap. It was worth it. Six years off your life? It wasn't their fault things went wrong with the caper. We had it figured down to the last detail. Even where our driver was going to develop engine trouble. Official verification of a new crew. 
regulations, you understand. We'd better get our identification cards so they can check this. Here's mine. There's a gun in your bag. Don't turn around and do as I say. We gotta get moved. Take it easy, Fletch. We're just checking, that's all. Start walking and tell them everything checks. Everything checks. New crew sent out. All right, Jim, start loading. Okay, Max. Something could have happened to Ray. If you asked me, you took it out of the oven too soon. No one's asking you. This time, I'm the chef. Well, I was only trying to help. Well? Too much crust. That's the way we do it back home. Hi, boss. Hi, Bill. Specialty of the house. I thought I'd show you the way we do it out here. Mm, looks swell. Tastes even better. I suppose you wash up if you're going to. You find out something? Amateur night, boss. I figured we ought to give some new talent a break. Yeah. Excuse me. Uh... What did you find out? Uh, time enough later. Now, Brad. about Roy, isn't it? It's not good news, sweetheart. Give it to me straight. 
he promised. All right. I think his pals got rid of him. Everything points to it. But why? Why? What difference would it make to know why? They had reasons. Go on back home to your people, Pat. I can't. Sure you can. I'll keep at it until I know without a doubt. It's the best thing, Pat. If Roy's alive, he'll come to you. say so. I guess I just don't rate being happy. Sure you do. Forget it. Just wasn't in the cards. Your food's getting cold. Let me know. You find out who did it. So long, Pat. Why'd you wait all this time? You could have called me down from Las Vegas before this. Two reasons. One, I didn't know how far Runny would get. And two, phones can be tapped. We've come a long way, Gene. We're legit. Why should anyone want to tap our phones? He's still only getting happy. Right underneath that $200 suit. All muscle and no brain. Okay, so I'm a hooligan. But that fat bozo's getting in our hair. It calls for a little muscle. Only if we have to. How long are we going to wait? That depends on Jane Adams and what she has to say. Okay.
Oh, Mr. Runyon. Uh, yes, sir. Bill wanted me to tell you he's out hunting up some new places to eat. It's <laughs> a big deal. It's death due to strangulation. But why did he want to kill her? Same reason the doc was killed. Do you want to see her? No, thanks. The body I want to see is Roy Clark's. Well, you forget we're not looking for Clark out here. You are now. If he was picked up unidentified, missing persons would handle it. No record on Roy Clark or Shevlin. You ever figure he may not be dead? I figure everything until I know for sure. Let's see, Roy disappeared on April 20th, on a Thursday. Uh, how many bodies were brought in between the 20th and 23rd? April 23rd. Five. How many were identified? Three. Give me a rundown, the other two. Uh, one female, suicide. One male, truck smash up, burned beyond recognition. Any medical report? Well, the man was over six feet tall, had dark hair... Hey, Clark had dark hair, and he was about that size, too. So am I. My hair's dark. Now, here's an interesting note. A truck was stolen from U.S. Trucking Company. Oh, that's great. Now Clark steals himself a truck and sets himself on fire. Look, I've got a desk full of work. Let me know when you hit on a better idea. <laughs> I'll do just that, sweetheart. This looks like a nice one. Just peachy. Don't you feel well? Never felt better. Yes, sir. Uh, I'll take this one. Now, this is the favorite with little boys. <laughs> well, I'm a big boy, madam. <laughs> I'll take this one. Very well. But the other one has real headlights. <laughs> well, so you got yourself a truck. Now, what are you going to do with your toy? <laughs> Play. Exhibits A, B, C, D, and E. One wooden toy truck, several sheets of paper, a toothpick, a match, and a highly combustible lighter fluid. Everything is here. Everything but the man in the white coat and the straitjacket. But there's a method to my madness. Observe. Here we have a truck. The sort of a truck in which Mr. Roy Clark meant he's dead. And here... Cargo that the truck carried. And here, oh, may I? One elk's tooth. Hey! And that, gentlemen, is how Roy Clark perished. And this... This is the reason why Dr. Bromley and the nurse were killed. Roy Clark's teeth, the one thing fire can't destroy. Oh, it's been a tough day, Brad. See if you can take it slowly. <laughs> All right, then. From the beginning. The minute Clark was sprung, he made a beeline for his pals to demand his share of the loot. They figured it was cheaper to kill him and eliminate the one person who could finger them for the job. Reasonable? Sounds reasonable. Thank you. But a phone call from a Dr. Bromley threw them for a loop. 
It seems he had taken x-rays of Roy's teeth, and such x-rays could identify Clark, as you know. Yes, well, go on. So they broke into the doctor's office, cleaned house, and then followed him to New York, where they got the other x-ray and knocked off the doc, thus eliminating the last connection with Roy's murder. But why kill the doctor? They had already destroyed the x-rays. Because the doctor could identify his own work on Clark. And as for Jane, she must have seen the killer back east and then recognized him out here. Now, do you find any holes in that chain of events? Holes? No. But there's no evidence either. That's right. No evidence yet. Later, Lieutenant. Later. Come on, Bill. We're going over to U.S. Trucking. All right, boss. Sure, I remember the truck in question. Two-ton job, eight years old. Who's going to steal a jalopy like that? It was a honey. Just had it repainted. The driver around? He's always around. I'm stuck with him like taxes. Pinky. Pinky. Yeah, all right. What do you want? My brother-in-law. How do you do? Hi. Mr. Runyon here is investigating the case. He wants to run down on that stolen truck. Yeah. How did it happen, Pinky? Right outside the job. How do you like that for nerd? I'm just finishing off a load. Working hard, you understand? Yeah, I lugged this trunk out of the house. Heavy it was, too. Can you give me a straight? I get it up on the truck and cover it over, neat-like. And then I go back into the house for the next load. That's all, brother. That's all, brother. You stupid two-ton job. Just repainted. And me standing there with egg on my face. Only to my brother-in-law these things happen. What's the matter? I got immunity or something? Where was the truck picked up? North Hollywood, two hours later. When I think of what the guy looked like behind the wheel. Burned. Burned like a, like a marshmallow. You can imagine how my sister felt till she knew it wasn't Pinky. I'm not sure she wasn't disappointed. You got no right to talk like that about Frida. I got no, no. right. It's my wife, so I got a right. Right, right. What was in the truck? Nothing. Nothing. That's just it. Nothing worth stealing. If you ask me, that crook was nutty like a fruitcake. Theatrical costumes. Three trunks full, belonging to a fellow named uh, uh, Dietz. Dietz? Yeah. Ed Dietz? That's the guy. He's in a show over to the Greek Theater on Los Feliz. Ed Dietz ain't been around for over a week now. Just didn't show up for rehearsal one day. Did you check his home? Yep. The Alicard Hotel on Ventura Boulevard. Went there myself. He just moved out without saying where. Well, thanks, Bob. Well... Gone, disappeared, vanished. Well, what's your guess? I don't know. You figure Deets just walked off or was taken off? That's the question. <laughs> He doesn't want us to find Deets. Yeah, I can catch that monkey. Relax, relax. We know where he's going. Oh, 
I'm for getting Stark down here now, boss. And spoil our little experiment? Uh-uh. Still better than having your face spoiled. <laughs> you worry too much, Bill. Well, why wouldn't I worry? You going in there to accuse Gordon and his partner of murder? They'll never let you out of there alive. In which event, we'll know we're on the right track. Sure, that makes it all worthwhile. <laughs> okay, if I'm not out in 30 minutes, you can call Stark. Lucky, I'd say. Lucky you're such a bad shot. Are you talking in riddles again? I don't think so. Someone's been taking pot shots at me from a dark convertible like you drive. Now, what would I want to do that for? Lots of reasons. Maybe you want to shut me up. Or maybe you're just taking orders. You got nothing on me, fat man. This is an unexpected pleasure. Unexpected for sure, but I doubt if it'll be any pleasure. Come on in. Have a drink? No. Why the chip on your shoulder? Skip it. All right. Did you find Roy yet? Frankly, Gordon, I don't think I'll ever find Roy. Why not? It's just a hunch. You don't know Roy like I do. Done a lot of checking since I was here last. All roads lead to you. So what? I told you Roy came to me after he got out. You also told me that you gave him a stake and he disappeared on his own. I don't like playing cat and mouse, Renan. Suppose I tell you what I think happened when Roy came back here. Even a cigarette tastes better on the outside. Listen, that is the way it's going to be from now on, right, Happy? Right. <laughs> you know, that's all I kept thinking about for six years. Getting out and getting my hands on my share of the dough. Not bad. It's time I live like this. How much does it come to anyway? Almost 200 grand. That makes it worthwhile. Come on, pal, my dough. Get him. He thinks we keep that kind of dough sitting around here. <laughs> here. On account. Buy yourself some clothes and have some fun. My chauffeur will take you around wherever you want to go. Thanks, G. Be seeing you. Come on, Roy. Two little details that I overlooked. So you think we knocked off Clark, huh? Yeah. <laughs> You're crazy. Am I? Clean through. Well, let's see what the cops think. Help yourself. But while you're down there, I'll give my regards to Lieutenant Stark. I'll plan it big, huh? Okay, sweetheart. <laughs> Ambitious guy. Yeah, too ambitious. And what happens if Runyon really finds out? Well, we're all right as long as our friend keeps his mouth shut. Suppose he don't. Suppose he talks. 
Of course, I'm only a hooligan. You're the brains. But I say we take care of them. Okay. quiet, boss. I don't get it. I just don't get it. Don't get what? That rat Tony denied shooting at us. Then I threatened Gordon. He lets me walk right out. It doesn't make sense. I suppose it would have made more sense if he'd tried to kill you, huh? Yes, that's what he should have done. Oh, that's just peachy. <laughs> Something I missed. I thought I had all the pieces put together. There's one that's not there. The missing clown? Sure, Deets. Said Deets. You're right on the ball. Oh, it's nothing really, boss. <laughs> where do we find him? Say, uh, might just be his landlord has an idea. Turn right at the next corner. See for yourself. Nobody's trying to hold out on you, mister. I tell you, he's gone. Where? He'd leave a forwarding address, wouldn't he? You tell me. Well, what happens if you get mail for him? It's Uncle Sam's worry. All I know, he called in the moving van when I was out. Moving van? Thanks. Last week it was. He came in to give us a job again. See if you can find the order. I'm looking, I'm looking, I'm looking. Some brother-in-law I got. My own family makes me sit here all night. Here's the order. To be delivered to the Ed Deed Circus in Tarzana. Let me see that. Who moves at night? Gypsies? Thanks. Everything straight? Oh, I think so, boss. While you take a look at the circus to see what gives, I find a phone booth, call Shifty, and tell him what you want. Yeah. Then I call Lieutenant Stark. Right. Uh, stop over there. I'll get that cab. You? <laughs> Don't make me laugh. Well, I didn't get a marksman's medal in the army for nothing. There ain't no animals around here. Uh, that's where you're wrong, sweetheart. I'm on my way to the circus. You got everything straight? A cinch, boss. See if you can find the window. With my eyes closed. It's great. But keep them open and watch for my signal. When I stand in front of the window, you get ready. It's after I get out of the way. Shoot. You got that? After I get out of the way. After you get out of the way. Yeah. In. 
Nice little circus you got yourself here, Ed. Sure, always wanted one. Just trying out some new makeup for the show. Sit down while I take off my face. How'd you find me? Luck, Ed. Pure luck. And a little figuring. Why, something important? No. Just wanted to keep you up to date on Roy. Sure, how is he? Dead. No. How did it happen? Well, it seems Roy had a friend. This friend needed money. And he had an idea how to get some. You got Roy's share of the keeper. I want a cut of it or I tip the cops. Don't try that. You don't think I'd just walk in here without any protection, do you? All right. Suppose we give it to you. What happens when Roy gets out? That little detail you just leave to me. All part of the deal. I still think he's bluffing. Am I? If anything happens to me, the cops get a letter telling them everything. Mm, smart boy. Right. Now, you've got about 200 grand due, Roy. All I want is 50 of it. That still leaves you a nice little bonus. How about this friend? Did he get the money? Yeah. Yeah, he got it all right. And he also took care of Roy, just like he promised. How? Well, he probably asked Roy over to his house one afternoon. Knocked him out and got him into a trunk. Then in order to get rid of the body, he called in a moving van to pick up the trunk. Diverted the driver, stole the truck, and burned it to cremate the body. You figured good. Did you also figure that nothing would stand in the way of me getting that money? There was a chance for me to have a circus of my own? All my life, that's what I've been after. So you go on killing. Nobody's that smart. Nobody. I planned every detail. Then someone like you comes along and throws everything out of gear. Now, take it easy. You're sick, Ed. But nobody's going to let up on you. Me, the cops, Gordon or Stevens. They wouldn't talk. Stop, Ed. You're the one they're afraid of. They're afraid you'll give them away. They're gunning for you right now. Don't take another step. I can help you, Ed, but you've got to help me. Get moving. Now, do you believe me, Deep? Your little pals are out there, and they're going to kill you. They are out there. If you play ball, Ed, I can help you. I'll cover them from this window. You go out through that door. You'll help me with the cops? I'll do what I can, Ed. You're sick. The cops will listen to me. Head for the other wagon and wait there. Take care of this one, Bill. Pleasure, boss. 
you should have let me know sooner. I wasn't sure it was going to pay off. There's one of them for you. See to it. Hey, wait a minute. That guy's going crazy in there. We better move in from different sides. Okay. cows don't seem to put their heart in their work. <laughs> sure you won't have some coffee? Thanks, I still have some cleaning up to do at headquarters. I should have been a fireman. More time to sleep. <laughs> hey, you! <laughs> How's that hotel cooking, boss? It's murder. Just murder. Welcome back. In many ways, the Fat Man calls to mind the 1946 film, The Killers, where a big portion of the action went to the up-and-coming Burt Lancaster, who appeared in flashbacks after dying at the start of the film. In a similar way, the up-and-coming Rock Hudson gets to showcase his talent in several scenes in flashback, despite being dead at the start of the movie. I should say this isn't the only similarity that some have noticed with the killers. The fan site, julielondon.org, points to articles which reference the Fat Man as being a low-budget film, 
and suggested that they recycled Ava Gardner's dress from the killers five years previously for Julie London. I don't have confirmation of that, but it's at the very least the exact same style, so the uh, filmmakers may have been trying to use that to evoke the killers. I will say that there was one point in this where the flashbacks got a bit crazy, and that was when Ed Dietz had a flashback to a conversation with Roy, and then we got a flashback within a flashback to an event that the person who was having the original flashback wasn't present for. And the whole robbery scene didn't add much to the film for me other than runtime. While showcasing Rock Hudson and Julie London, this film didn't forget who its title character was. And it's a great showcase of Brad Runyon and uh, for J. Scott Smart. How accurate it is to the radio show is really hard to say. The silliness with him in the kitchen of the restaurant, as well as him having an assistant, doesn't job too well with the circulating episodes. However, only 10 episodes of The Fat Man are circulating from its five-year run. So there could have been episodes or long periods where this sort of thing did happen on the radio program. Though if I did have to guess, I'd think the idea of a character like Bill working alongside Brad is kind of a movie-only invention, since it was... Very common for movie detectives to always have a somewhat less bright sidekick. As a character, Bill's not that impressive, but he's also not one of the annoying sidekicks that you sometimes get and can detract from the film. During the film, we get to see a lot of different sides to the fat man. The dancing scene is great, and... A nice treat to see how good a dancer Smart was. The film also highlights his intelligence with a maybe overly dramatic uh, demonstration in which he shows why Roy was killed. And of course, there are some really nice scenes where you get to see that compassionate side of this tough detective that often came through on the radio show as well. The solution, I thought, was pretty well thought out, and not something that I saw coming. And the scene where Ed Dietz uh, meets his end is really well shot. Now, the film's very last scene does go back to the radio series, as it features Smart saying murder in this very distinctive way that he did on the radio program. He most often used that pronunciation when he was setting the stage for a future episode. And I don't recall him really doing it within the actual dialogue of the radio series. So doing it at the end of the movie uh, makes sense and is a nice tip of the hat to the fans of the radio show who certainly would be a big part of the movie viewing audience. Overall, this was a pretty fun movie. 
and it gives a preview of what might have been had events beyond uh, J. Scott Smart's control hadn't interfered with the Fat Man's production. The idea of the Fat Man came from Dashiell Hammett, who actually had very little to do with the radio show after coming up with the idea for the character who bears a strong resemblance to Hammett's Continental Op. Hammett's name on the project made the Fat Man instantly marketable. However, Hammett's activities and involvement with the Communist Party ultimately damaged the Fat Man, as well as other properties that Hammett had created, including the Thin Man and Sam Spade, during this early 1950s. If not for that, there easily could have been a Fat Man TV series, or even another Fat Man movie or two. As it is, Smart and his most iconic character lost out despite Hammett having very little to do with the radio show and Smart being completely apolitical. Still, we do have one uh, great movie to enjoy seeing this uh, character in action. And I hope you enjoyed it. That's all for now. Join us back here next time for another episode of Public Domain Video Theater. In the meantime, send your comments to box13 at greatdetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives and become one of our friends on Facebook, facebook.com slash radiodetectives. And if you like these videos, you can become one of our patrons at patreon.com slash radiodetectives. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham, signing off.